This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Hey there, Mackie and Jeb with Rami listeners. We're asking you to help us improve the listener experience of this show, whether it's segments, advertisements you hear, you name it, by going to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, and filling out a quick survey. You can help make the show better. Please help us cater this show and the ads to what you want. Scorenorth.com, keyword MJR. And if you fill it out, Judd will give you an awkward bro hug next time he sees you, I promise. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. With those receivers, they can get down the field. Hawkinson's added another dimension to them as well. And, uh, you know, I think they're doing a nice job with their play actions. Um, so I'll give you a little stat, since you like the stats. He's number one in the league in throwing attempted contested passes. There you go. Yeah. Sometime. Love the analytics. <laughs> that was was that Zimmer taking a shot at Matthew Collar? No, he's giving him a stat. Our own Matthew Collar. There was, was a back a and shot? forth. Was it a shot? No. I know you like the stats. No, I, Zim has won two consecutive games. He's in a great mood. He's feeling, he was fun. He, Zim today. He's feeling himself this week. Yeah, it's great. The, I the mean, back I would be too. I would be too. After what they went through for a couple of weeks, and then you turn it around like they have, I'd be feeling myself yeah. too. And then you look at the schedule, and you're like. The Lions are still the Lions after last week. They blew a 13-point lead. Uh, I'd be sweating that. I would be sweating that Thursday night game because Thursday night games get get wacky, and my quarterback is probably going to want to prove something to Washington. But you're you're feeling pretty good if you're if you're Zim. Today. One game at a time, Phil Mackey. You're not looking forward. You're not looking back. Just Detroit. Well, actually, uh, and, we, and I, I've got a. Let's let I know you guys on Ventline today went through uh, the Jalen Ramsey price tag, and we should definitely get into that on our show too. But Rami was digging through some of the power rankings, the power rankings, or the pecking order as we have evolved it now to be non-football rankings. You guys look at those. Show. You put any stock in those? Into uh, power rankings. Power rankings. Power rankings. My own, for sure. Well, You have your own power rankings? <laughs> we did for a long time. Judd and I used to we do fight. The, the pigskin pecking order every football season for like three years, and then we just took the pecking order and made it things that are outside of football <laughs> rankings. Okay. But our biggest argument was always... Judd would rank the teams based on a snapshot of right now. Like if there was a 4-0 Bengals team versus a 2-2 Seahawks team a few years ago, I would put the Seahawks above the Bengals because I don't care that the Bengals are 4-0. The Seahawks have Russell Wilson and they're better. So I always look, I've, I've looked at power rankings less as what did you do this week and what's your record and more as if this team played this team right now, based on everything we know about that team, who would win the game? Sure. So... I don't know. I look at it as sort of a, a referendum on the league. I look at as I look at them as confidence rankings. I think power rankings is misleading, and a lot of people roll their eyes when they see power rankings. Today on Score North Live, Danny called them fake standings. That's what, <laughs> that's what he called power rankings, and I, I I can see why you would do that because I mean, big picture, they're kind of meaningless. I call them 
confidence rankings. Though. Okay, I think that's that's the best and most productive way to look at it. It's a measure of how confident you are in a particular team at the moment. Yeah, at the moment as compared to a week ago. All of them will show you where they are now and where they were a week ago, showing how much they've jumped in terms of whatever writer's confidence is in that particular football team. And at the Athletic this week, they jumped in both the Athletic and ESPN. On ESPN, 14 to 10. At the Athletic, they went from 13 to 7. Now that, that is a rapid ascension. Here's another one. Football outsiders, analytically driven. You like the stats, right? You like that. <laughs> I, got a, I got a stat for you. Stats. They were actually seventh in, so they have uh, a stat called DVOA for football outsiders, which basically takes into context offense, defense, special teams, and the t- the context in which you're gaining the yards, right? If you're down by 40 points and you gain a bunch of yards, you don't get credit in this context. They were seventh last week, and now they're fourth, according to football outsiders power rankings. Whoa, whoa, fourth in the league? Fourth. Who Here's the rankings. Top three. New England, San Francisco, Kansas City, Vikings. Really? Yes. So here's the question, okay? Do they have where they were ranked last week? Yeah, seventh. Oh, seventh. seventh. Okay. Yeah. Which is still high. So here's the question that Rami Ooh. and I were kicking around before the show started. We'll bring it to the, uh, to the audience and to Judd here. Is the leap that the Vikings have made or the place that they're at in some of these power rankings or confidence rankings, whatever you want to call them, does it reflect the way that you guys have felt about the Vikings' ascension the last couple weeks, too. Are you riding that same wave as the power rankings with the Vikings? Personally, no. No, I've got to see way more. I've, I've got to see... I've seen one game, one game in which I said, okay, Philadelphia's definitely a flawed uh, defense. Their past defense is not that great. But that was still a good win. Like, that's a nice win. That's a good game. But Atlanta, Oakland, and the Giants, sorry, Win those games, win them big, I don't care. So, to me, what they did against the Eagles on Sunday is a nice start, and, and I'm impressed. But I'm telling you, through, I believe it's the first game back after the bye, and it's probably the game that I have circled a thousand times right now at Seattle Monday night. Through that game, show me a lot. Show me a ton. Show me, and and, and end it by going, by ha- having your quarterback, who's never won on a Monday night before, Go into a tough place to play on a night that he struggles and play well. And if he doesn't win, okay, I'm almost fine. But how does he play? And how does your team play? So, so to me, the Eagles game is a good start of things, you guys, but it's just the start. I can't be like, oh, yeah, I, I'm in now. Yeah. I got to see way more. I think that there's like a prerequisite checklist. You're filling out your playoff uh, application form, right? Yep. Or, or in the Vikings case. Denied. <laughs> Denied. And that's what, sorry. what position are you seeking? Yeah. Just a wild card. Yeah, just, just a wild card. Yeah, just, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that, but uh, <laughs> sir, right now I just don't see it. So your playoff application form, and when you were sitting at 2-2 two and two, after the Chicago Bears drubbed you and made you look like clowns and Stefan Diggs skipped out on practice and got fined $200,000 and your franchise was kind of a laughing stock of NFL uh, uh, media and TV shows, you're filling out that application form, and the first two boxes to check are, well, if you want to proceed with the other sections of this form, you must beat the Giants on the road and beat the Eagles at home, right? Because yes. if you can't do those two things, you are not allowed to submit a playoff application. So to me, they have checked the first two boxes of the post-Chicago game playoff application, and Judd mentioned one of the boxes is for sure 
that Monday night game against Seattle. Now, you can still, I think there's like a separate part of the playoff application form, which is how far into the playoffs would you like to proceed? And I think you can lose that game to Seattle in, what, five weeks or whatever, the six weeks. You can. There's some games you can lose and still be a playoff team. But this team but is not built out, to be just a playoff team. This team is built to do more than just get to the playoffs, right? Like everything about it. If so. my if my confidence in the Vikings was on a on a line graph, we just like the, it was it was uh, at a certain level. You know what I mean? Like let's say my confidence was like a six in the Vikings, and it crashed hard after a couple of those losses and all hell breaking loose in that locker room. Like the line just dipped precipitously and fast. And now they've kind of worked their way back up to where I was to start the season. And I say that because they still have the same questions that they had to start the season. Like the offensive line, was that was that fixed or at least improved? I haven't seen anything to necessarily answer that question. Did you take Kirk Cousins to the next level with an improved offensive line and a new scheme that you hope works? I haven't gotten the answer to that. Can Dalvin Cook stay healthy and dynamic for 16 games? I mean, it's been six games, so obviously he hasn't answered that question. Is the defense pointed in the right direction again? I haven't seen enough to necessarily say that. I have the same questions about this Vikings team. And when I say, when I ask those questions, you need to check off yes. You're talking about checking off boxes. You need to check off yes for all those questions for this team to legitimately have Super Bowl aspirations. And they haven't done anything to check off those boxes for me to definitively say, yeah, they answered that question and answered it well. So if we're talking about the Super Bowl section of the playoff application yes. form here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not the filling Super that Bowl out. section. I'm not filling that out. No. <laughs> Just forget about that section right now. Well, but here, if, you, if, you, if you took a, you, let's see you scroll on, down. Look at, <laughs> wow. He doesn't even want the job. <laughs> Sorry. The, I think the, the boxes there, you know, obviously, like, every box leading up to this needs to be checked, too. But the boxes there, to me, are at Kansas City on Sunday, November 3rd. Agreed. Or, or let's just say at Kansas City, at Dallas. I don't think you have to win both of those games, necessarily, to be in the Super Bowl box. But... Go win one of those the look games. Of, the look of both those games, though, is important, I think. I, I agree with that. The, the look. Yeah, don't get smoked. Yeah, don't go, go toe-to-toe. Don't fall completely flat. And then at Seattle, Monday night, Yep, definitely a schedule box to be checked. Home against Green Bay, home against Chicago, depending on... I'm guessing that the division's still going to be pretty close among those three teams your last two weeks of the season. But the box that doesn't have anything to do with schedule, necessarily, is the Kirk Cousins box. Can you? Can you... For Kirk Cousins, it's less about checking uh, a statistical box, and I think it's more of, are you going to train wreck in the way that you did against Chicago or on that first down play against Green Bay where you threw a, a pick in the back right corner of the end zone, right? Like, I need I need assurances that you're not going to do that at any point the rest of this regular season, that at worst, you're just going to sort of be a manager and you're not going to throw a crippling interception that loses you a game. Like that's the box I need to see checked for Kirk Cousins. It can't be just him though, right? It's got got to be. I would say the boxes are Cousins definitely, but it's also Kubiak Stefanski. And like, do you do things that that make sense? That game plan on Sunday, guys, was fantastic. That was a really good. Now, now, Cousins and the players deserve credit for executing it well, but they went in with the exact right plan. The line held up. It might not be great. They don't have to be great. But, you know, if you get quick passes out, right? So 
I'd say for me, the boxes that have to be checked too are: Do you go in with a smart plan? Because I think your defense is fine. I think I think it's good. It's going to have games where it's not fantastic, but I don't think for the most part it's going to collapse. So my question becomes: Can the offense not be great, but can it be consistent? And can you do things? Can you put starting with the first quarter of every game? Can you at least feel like you're putting Cousins in a position to succeed? And not because we know this. If you go in and say, Kirk, go and do it, it's disaster. But if you say, Kirk, here's a coherent game plan, follow it, and it, it w- will be fine, and the line will hold up, but it's also going to involve the quick passing game. It's, all, it's also going to involve things that will prop you up. Then I think offensively, they're at least okay. And in Chicago, they weren't. It was bad. Yeah. They need, they need to prove, and you don't want to find yourselves in these situations. But inevitably, you will. Kirk Cousins and the offensive line needs to prove that they can move the ball through the air when the other team knows they're trying to move the ball through the air. When a defense pins its ears back and is dead set on chasing down and doing bad things to Kirk Cousins, you need to prove that you can be efficient in those situations. You're going to find yourself down in a football game. They have 10 left on the on the schedule. They're going to find themselves down and having to throw the ball in a football game and they need to prove that they can be efficient and move the ball doing that when the other team knows that's what they're trying to do. Uh, so, Mackie and Judd with Rami, by the way, is the show. And you can find us 4 to 6 o'clock every single weekday here on Score North. And if you're new as well, we'd appreciate if you would subscribe to our podcast. Anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, great places to start. couple things when we get back here, gentlemen. Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey was traded. He was. Blockbuster trade. Yes. And we've been talking about Judd was sort of the, the leader in uh, this discussion the last few weeks. And now we know what the price tag was <laughs> yeah. to acquire Jalen Ramsey. I love would, big trades. Would you have paid this price mm-hmm. if you were the Minnesota Vikings or Rick Spielman? Also, Rami in the last 48 hours has gone from not knowing anything about Gophers football to getting called out for his Gopher football takes on Twitter. I saw that. So we have to yeah. get to that as well. Really? And I actually have life, a good explanation. Life comes at you fast. I actually have a good explanation Welcome for Welcome to Gopher football fandom, Rami. <laughs> and uh, the number to call, by the way, is 651-646-8255 if you want to uh, chime in. 651-646-8255. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to help you. Now, if uh, you're a Gopher football fan out there, you know, and you're Rami, and you're learning to love as we go through a six and zero season here, soon to be eight and zero. Just know that Federated Mutual Insurance Company is a proud partner and sponsor of Gopher Athletics. So, if you're a maroon and gold business owner, I can't think of a better place to uh, partner up than with Federated Insurance. Federated has been around in the state of Minnesota, based in Owatonna, since the early 1900s, and uh, they've been creating custom playbooks. If I could steal a football metaphor, of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for businesses going back a long, long time. Get in touch with a Federated Marketing Representative by going to federatedinsurance.com. You can also visit that website and find out all the industries that Federated protects. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. With those receivers, they can get down the field. Hawkinson's added another dimension to them as well. And, uh, you know, I think they're doing a nice job with their play actions. Um, so I'll give you a little stat, since you like the stats. 
He's number one in the league in throwing attempted contested passes. There you go. Good one. Yeah. Sometimes love the analytics. So wait, uh, you can hear Kyler in the background in the middle there going, "That's a good one." Yep, <laughs> a good stat. So hold on a second. So it's attempted contested passes. All right, I just have to process that for a second. Attempted, and, and what's great is who is he talking clear, about? By the way, Zim did too. If it's, if it's throwing at Stafford, right? Yeah, I think he was talking about Stafford. Oh, he was talking Stafford about throwing okay. to no, no, no. I think he's talking about uh, Detroit, which, by the way, defensively is really bad, which I, I didn't know. What Detroit? Detroit, yeah. I mean, has Detroit ever struck you as a well team that has Patricia's a, a my guy? Uh, Patricia's a defensive coach. He's and, your guy now. And I thought, oh, he's just a jackass. So yes, oh, he, okay. he's my guy. Uh, pass defense, they're twenty eighth. Run defense, they're twenty seventh. Total d- defense, they're giving up four hundred thirteen yards per game. They're twenty ninth, and in scoring defense, they're eighteenth. I thought they were improved, but clearly, at least by the statistical measure, they are uh, still struggling. Man. So, so you can beat that team. Yes, you. I think you, you should beat that. It depends team. if you're filling out your playoff application. You should be. Beating you are that a favorite. I, I believe the last line I saw was uh, Vikings. Uh, Vikings by a point and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. So, In really, the, so really, the Vikings are like a four point favorite. Correct. Home field subtracted from that to make it like a one point favorite. Yes, sir. So Mackie I was and Judd. There would be no math. Well, that, there's plenty of math. They lie coming to you. Up. Actually, there's some math involved here. If you've got your. Do you have oh, your no. what's that chart that shows you like what a draft pick's value is and the points? Oh, the Jimmy Johnson, the old school Jimmy Johnson chart. You might draft want the value chart because here's the question. And by the way, uh, speaking of uh, Matthew Collar and the interaction there with Mike Zimmer tomorrow on Purple Daily at I believe two twenty tomorrow, the yes. second segment of Purple Daily, Carson Palmer is going to join the show with Alex Boone and uh, and Matthew. So if you're if you're not listening to Alex Boone on Tuesdays and Thursdays on that show. Or if you just ran out of coffee and you just need it's a jolt. A, it's a treat. He's great. Alex Boone is part of the Scornor team here. I know he's getting out of it when he drops a dude. That's when you know Alex Boone is getting like re- like really, really into his take. He's like, dude, how do you not throw the football there? Like that's when you know Booney's getting fired up. Super fun having him around. So Jalen Ramsey was finally traded after... <clears throat> having a little uh, scratchy throat there that knocked him out of practice. Oh, yeah, bad back, and, Phil. Oh, my gosh. Terrible this, back this injury. Hangnail's been killing me. Looks like I can't play this weekend. We know what the price tag was. A 2020 first-round pick from the Rams, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Would you have given up? We'll start with Judd here, because Judd's been on the trade for Jalen Ramsey bandwagon. Yes, Just sir. make your defense the best defense. Do what the Bears did. Take a really good defense, and then... Add a ridiculously good player to an already good defense, and voila. Um, would you have traded those two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick for Jalen Ramsey? This is going to surprise you. I would have traded a first. I would have traded a third. So one pick higher than the fourth-rounder that the Rams traded. I would have included Trey Waynes. I don't think I, I would not have done two first-round picks. It's too much. I just think it's too much. And it it still sounds great. And if you if you took because there's no question that Xavier Rhodes has uh, fallen off, and I think is in his last year here. So if you took Rhodes sort of out of the equation to a certain degree and put Ramsey in, your defense would be lights out. I, I think the Vikings right now at scoring defense are either in the top six or seven in the league. Mm-hmm. So if you added Jalen Ramsey, my guess is you would get up to the top three. So there are there are compelling reasons with this current roster to certainly consider it and do it. But that being said, I don't think I could have brought myself to do two first round picks. I think it's just one it's it goes one too far 
for me because now you're giving up what a 2020 2021 you don't have a first round pick till 2022 it's a little too much for me. Ramir, you giving up a, two, a 2020 21 and to a, a first round picks and then a fourth round pick in 21 no i think the price makes sense for for the rams I don't think it makes sense for the Vikings for a couple of reasons. One, you're not as desperate at the cornerback position as the Rams are. After they traded Marcus Peters yesterday, and that apparently was something that had to happen, according to people inside the Rams organization that had just run its course, they were they were desperate for a cornerback. And those were corresponding moves. They knew the Ramsey trade was coming when they made that deal. But they were far more desperate for cornerbacks than, than the Vikings were. And they're just far more desperate in general. Which is crazy to say. With the fact that I'm sitting here at week six and saying the Rams are more desperate than the Vikings at this point. But it's absolutely true because you look at the expectations and where they thought they were in their competitive window. They were the clear cut favorites in the NFC this year. It was a lot of people in a lot of people's eyes a foregone conclusion because of the great Sean McVay that the Rams would be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. And they're no longer the best team in their division. They're three and three. And that offense can't get going at all because Todd Gurley is a shell of himself with that knee injury. The defense can't stop people. They needed to make a move to, 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 to boost their Super Bowl hopes because as an organization, they're in sort of a desperate mode right now. It, think about if the arrow starts pointing down on the Rams at this point in their window. Think about how bad that is for that organization. You thought your window was just opening, and you had the genius head coach, you had the franchise quarterback, you had a running back who you just gave a big deal, you had a defense that was causing turnovers. I mean, everything was clicking for for the Rams, and all of a sudden they find themselves in a real tough spot, and they needed to do something to try and turn that around. So I love the original idea of trading for Jalen Ramsey, but I kept hedging, or I kept... I kept pausing at the same point, which is I want to hedge on the Kirk Cousins situation. So I, I before I'm going to preface this by saying Kirk Cousins has played wonderfully the last two weeks. <laughs> I do not intend for this to be a Kirk Cousins vent session at all because he has done exactly what he should be doing the last two weeks. And he now deserves the benefit of the doubt to go forward and just see what happens the rest <laughs> of this year. Let him play in the big games that he needs to play in to try and turn that narrative around, not narrative, turn that reality around, that he can't beat good teams. However, when I look at the price tag for Jalen Ramsey, and I see a 2020 first-round pick and a 2021 first-round pick, I see opportunities for the Vikings to draft their next quarterback with both of those. Mm-hmm. And I just if, if you give those two things up to double down on this year's team and to double down on defense... You are so all in on this team winning a Super Bowl and Kirk Cousins being the quarterback, not only for 2020, which he's under contract for, and he has a no-trade clause and a fully guaranteed deal, but now you've taken away, if you don't like the Kirk Cousins era and you don't want to continue on with it, okay, 2021, finally free of Kirk Cousins. Oh, don't have a first-round pick. Can't draft a quarterback until 2022. Well, you can in the second round, third round, fourth third round. Third round, you can get a great one, third round. Just like a lot a lot less likely for that guy to be your franchise quarterback. I mean, well, what about Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson? Yeah, but what about the other 100 guys that aren't franchise quarterbacks? Yeah. So I look at those picks and I say, man, those could be could be your next. One first round pick, though? If it was a first, third, and Waynes, would you have done it? If it uh so next year's first round pick. Next, I like the first the first round pick thing is so tough. I you know what? Based on how well the Vikings have played the last two weeks, 
And based on the Rams coming down a peg, and I, I think the 49ers are somewhat legitimate, but I don't think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl this season. It feels like the NFC is a little bit more open based on how, how well you've played the last two weeks and based on the Rams coming down a peg. I would have been more likely now than three weeks ago to trade a first-round pick for Jalen Ramsey. Yes, if it was just one first-round first pick. pick. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Maybe. Maybe for one first-round pick, but still. I don't think you necessarily need him at this point. That's not the problem. Your cornerbacks aren't the, the problem that, that the Vikings have at this point. No, that's true. But you, you become, with his presence, probably instantly top three. And right now you're top probably seven. Maybe. I think you get, I think you instantly, because Rhodes is, the, the Rhodes that we saw two years back, who was phenomenal, off the charts good, is gone now. And Wayne's is not a bad player, and and their d- defensive backs, and especially their corners, are not bad. But I think if you put Jalen Ramsey in that mix, you were instantly outstanding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you have thoughts on it, tweet at us at Jay Zolgad, at Phil Mackey, at Rami is tweeting at Score North S K O R North. And the Rams, by the way, now do not have a first round pick until two thousand twenty two. Yeah, but they do have Jared Goff. If if you believe that Jared Goff is a long term ten year quarterback, That's becoming more questionable by the week. I think Jared Goff. I think his success is contingent on Todd Gurley and Sean McVay. I think having a running. I think back, Gurley's cooked, don't you? I think having a running back who other teams fear in that system is what made Jared Goff what he was last. Season. I think Goff, or I, I'm sorry, I think Gurley's done. That's a that's a strong possibility. It's been rough. That's a bad knee, and that's yeah, it's been really really rough. He did he did his, Todd Gurley's first game. Uh, he, he hasn't rushed for a hundred in any game this year, but he he's also he hasn't even been given the ball twenty times in the game. This and their year. line's just, not good now. So pick up Malcolm Brown in your fantasy leagues, kids. That's Robbie, Children. fantasy expert. Children out there, I want you. I want you to put your homework on. I want you to move away from your math book, put the encyclopedia down, and pick up a running back. There's money in fantasy football. I don't know if there's money in science books. Just saying, there could be down the road, but you're talking about immediate, talking gratification, about immediate gratification, and it's 2019. So I really can't argue with exactly. You. Yeah. Play DraftKings, kids. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Play DraftKings. It's on the books. I mean, this is a guy who used to play online poker in all of his college classes. I remember Judd Zolgad spoke in one of my college. Were you playing online poker? I was playing online poker in the back the whole time. (laughs) See, this is the type of thing you'll never succeed. You'll never make it. You'll never make it. You got no chance. You got no chance. Uh, Tweet from Dustin here. He tweets to at Rami is tweeting. This is from he he must have podcasted the Monday Score North live show. He says, I'm listening to your brief go for football talk with Mackie and Manny. Why is it that you default to P.J. Fleck is going to leave? The Badgers are having a great year. Will Paul Chris's name be at the top of a lot of uh, open job lists? Before you have a chance to respond to that, mm-hmm. I just love how two days ago, Rami was like, guys, you told me I didn't have to know much about go for football when so I took this I job. Yeah. And <laughs> so I know now they're 6-0. Oh, what do I do? And like within 48 hours, people are already coming at you for your go for football takes. So. And this is what takes. And you've got takes. That's what I love. This is what take I can stand behind because this isn't unique to go for football. Are we not familiar with the, the idea of a stepping stone program here in the state of Minnesota? Are you guys just in no, denial no. about that? Uh, we, we've... We know all about it's it. It's funny because we know all about it uh, going back to Lou, Lou Holtz is the ultimate, broke our hearts as a stepping stone. So Lou Holtz was the gopher coach for two years in the mid 1980s. He went from, was it Arkansas to Minnesota? Yep. And uh, and our guy Pete Nigerian played for Lou Holtz. And Lou, even I think, told the university and the fans beforehand, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to rock this thing. Took the gophers to a bowl game. It was great. But if Notre Dame comes calling, I'm out of here. It yeah. was supposedly in the contract. Yeah. 
Notre, that very school. And Notre Dame came calling. Paul Christ ain't going yeah. nowhere because Paul Christ literally was born and raised a Badger. He he lived in he grew up in Madison, played football at Wisconsin, and now came back as the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. That's his destination job. That's his Notre Dame. For Lou Holtz, it was Notre Dame. For Paul Christ, it was Wisconsin. Minnesota ain't that for PJ Fleck. With my with my very minimal knowledge of Minnesota Gophers football, I can confidently sit here and tell you Minnesota is not PJ Fleck's destination job. If he succeeds greatly here, he's off to the bigger, better deal. So that's so, college sports, and uh, that is that's at Rami is tweeting, and if you want to text him, his number is. Tell him though, Phil. He's infla- he's inflaming the very fear of of which Gopher fans. Constantly spend their existence, but okay, but let, let me. Which is the we're going to be left fear. Well, just know it's going to happen. Which and is true. Stop fearing it, just, but it's true of football. It's true of basketball. Okay, let, let me let me put this. So, if you ranked everyone on our staff, you know how much maroon and gold runs through your veins. Ross Brendel's up there. I'm up there. We both went to the University of Minnesota. So I, I have. Oh, you guys do the V thing too. It's the well, no. It's, it's oh, okay. you went to the, you put a little emphasis on the. Oh, sorry. University of Minnesota. No, I would okay. never, ever. Right. Okay, good. Now, let's let's beat Rutgers first. Hey, don't and- forget, <laughs> I went there for a year. Okay, don't leave me out. So Joe's got a little maroon, a little maroon going through his veins. I was a Goody guy. I agree with Rami. I don't think let's 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 play this out. Okay, let's say this is for real this season. Let's say they start eight zero, and maybe they even win eleven games for the first time, basically ever. And uh, and maybe they go to a maybe maybe PJ Fleck pays off some of these promises. Maybe they go to a Rose Bowl, and uh, they're rowing the boat all the way through next year's schedule, and they go to another Rose Bowl. <laughs> yeah, if, he's yeah, this is a lot of maroon, <laughs> a lot of maroon and, and gold. And then there's another Rose Bowl after that. A lot of maroon and gold. Hey, you and a national championship. Maroon okay. and gold in your veins, huh? Of course he's going to leave. Maddie down the road. He's going to like, and I have no problem with him leaving. He'll leave if if that happens. And we're getting way ahead of ourselves here because thank you. The Gophers winning a Sun Bowl right now is the highlight of my life watching Gopher football. Or what was it, the Gator Bowl? They won the Gator Bowl or something. Or they won some... Uh, they cl- won a Sun Bowl. 99, right? What was the bowl They game? won like eight times to it, it seemed like. I feel like they won a bowl game. Was it against like Georgia Tech Oh, a few no, years they, ago? Beat, they beat Bama in the Music City Bowl in like 2004. They won a Micron course, that was PC. coached by Mike Shula, I believe, at that time. Before yeah. It was pre-Nick Saban, Saban, of course. But I don't care. Like... I've said this about because people have said this about like Tubby Smith and Richard Pitino. Like, well, if they have a good year, they're just going to leave us. And in my my philosophy there is, if you're good enough to use this job as a springboard, think about the condition in which you left this job. It means that it's a pretty damn good job for the next. We should welcome this as a springboard. Like Tracy Clay's didn't use this as a springboard. Tracy Clay's got fired. Right? Like, there's. We haven't had someone come in as a gopher basketball coach or a football coach in maybe 30 years that has successfully used us as a springboard. So that's why folks may not be familiar with the springboard or stepping stone. It's a weird theory. It's like a, it's almost, it's a paranoia that hasn't actually come to fruition in real life in 30 years. They know about it. They don't like to hear it. I got a tweet from Brian who says, we don't know about the Stepping Stone School because we haven't actually been good enough since Holtz for another team to want our coach. 100%. So we should welcome this. If if P.J. Fleck brings this program to a point where he can springboard it to like USC or something. Here's the bad news. It doesn't have to be Rose Bowl good. Gary Anderson came to Wisconsin. 
the the tweeter who took issue with my take. He used Wisconsin as an example. Gary Anderson came to Wisconsin, went nine and four, and played in the Capital One Bowl and lost. Then went ten and three and played in the Outback Bowl. And Oregon State came a calling with a huge contract. Like it doesn't even take like top notch success. Were, but Barry was so happy. Alvarez was ecstatic because Gary was awful, and Barry knew it. And so they came with a huge contract, and Alvarez is like, okay, guess, guess we can't keep you. Too bad. Bye-bye. I love how the mocking tone in which Rami was like, I mean, they went 9-4 and four and 10-3, and three, and I'm thinking as a Gopher fan, oh, my God, that'd be no, but amazing. Those aren't, you talked about <laughs> but he was a bad, But he was a bad you coach. You talked about happy. P.J. Fleck taking him to a Rose Bowl for yeah. another program to come a-calling. I'm just bracing Gopher fans and telling you, it's not even well, going to take that type of success for a bigger, better deal to come a-calling P.J. Fleck, and he probably takes it. Here, Here's what, but... To get that job, he's probably going to have to beat, and if, if he does, awesome. Uh, Penn State, probably got to beat. If he beats Wisconsin, but like this, the, the, uh, these uh, stretch of games that we discussed with Pete on yesterday's show, if you are successful there, then it might happen. But you know what? If you're successful there, awesome. That's great. Good for you. You know, beat Penn State, beat Wisconsin, which is going to be incredibly tough. If you win those games, then yes, there's a chance he, he departs. I do think, though, that, that we've gotten into an era in football now, guys, we're a little bit different, where where it felt like previously that if you had success, guys would just bolt for programs. It takes so much now to build a, a good program. Perfect case, Tennessee, right? Tennessee's a mess right now. I feel like 10 years back, you got offered that job, you'd be like, okay, I'm the Vols coach, it's great. Now... It's not that you wouldn't take that job, but I do think you you vet that job more because you don't want to put yourself as a rising coach in a position to fail instantly. Yeah, Nebraska's the same way, too. Yes, exactly. But oh, those jobs used to be like, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone. And now it's, it's like, uh, you know what, I'm going to find out more about the job. Yeah. So I'm not sure that P.J. Fleck, I, 15 years ago, the P.J. Flecks jumped at jobs instantly. 2019... Not saying he wouldn't take a job, but I think he looks at jobs a lot more at, uh, closely and says, is this a really good, good job, or is this once a name school that right now is essentially athletically a dumpster fire? Do you guys think, here's another Gopher football question for you. The Gophers have three remaining home games. One of them is against Maryland in uh, in a couple of weeks here. And then they get a bye week. There's there's two other home games I think that have some college game day potential. So we've we've never had a good enough program around here. There's been enough rivalry games, right? There's enough there's enough Michigans and Wisconsin's and Iowa's on the schedule to where I'm sure if the Gophers were relevant enough late enough in the season, where ESPN would gladly say, "Hell yeah, let's go to Minneapolis, top fifteen market, you know, go and uh, go put the guys outside." So the game against Penn State right now, Penn State is ranked seventh in the country. What's and that date, Phil? That would be November 9th. Okay, thank you. So Penn State is ranked 7th in the country right now, and I believe that would be week 11 in the uh, college football season. And, and and I think Penn State has a game against Iowa before they play the Gophers. The Gophers should go 8-0 by week and then into they Penn State. They beat them, right? Hmm? They, they played, right? Well, Penn State-Iowa? Yeah. They they uh, uh, beat the Hawkeyes on Saturday. You're right. I'm sorry. That game's uh, done. Yeah, Penn State, Penn State has one... They have, they have they have a game against Purdue, I think, this weekend. Okay, I know they have one game that is not yeah, at Michigan State. And uh, I'm sorry, they get Michigan and then Michigan State. So it's not a gimme, but they're undefeated right now. Here's my long rambling question. If the Gophers hold court 
and they beat the next two teams that they're supposed to beat. And Penn State beats Michigan and Michigan State and goes from 7th to like 5th in the rankings, and the Gophers would be a top 15 team. And or the Gophers get to the end of the year with Wisconsin, and let's say they're a 1 or a 2 loss team and still a top 25 team, but the division's on the line, and Wisconsin, which still has to play Ohio State, but let's say that's their only loss and they beat Iowa, and you've got a 1 loss Wisconsin team against, let's say, a 2 loss Gophers team for the division. Are we on the radar here for a college ESPN college game day? Could we could we get a little uh, Reese Davis? Little I could see that happening. Lee Corso That's probably a, the biggest game of the week. Lee Corso putting a Bucky uh, head on. If they're the playing, the well, he'll probably put a Badger head on. But that's yeah, uh, yeah. If yeah, it's Bucky, if it's for oh, I thought, I'm sorry. If it's for the division, yeah, they that's that's a strong possibility. I would say so. The well, here's the yeah, but I just pulled up the schedule. LSU plays Alabama on the same week that yeah. the Gophers play Penn hey, State. It, so. It's been nice seeing you guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Let's send. We've got a reporter in Minneapolis. Let's send it over there. Okay, thanks a lot. Now back if, to our game. If College Game Day does come to town, we need we need to come up with some kind of sign that we go out and put up behind Lee Corso and the guys, don't we? That's all you. Some kind of Absolutely. score north sign. Yeah, what's the sign? I don't know. We'll have to brainstorm. We're good at that around here. We really are. Alabama plays Auburn on November 30th as well. Oh, and Auburn's ranked 11th right now. I already have what Rami's sign would be. What's that? Considering it'd be an outdoor game. Put a roof on it. Yep. Thank you, sir. It would literally just be a a sign that says hashtag put a roof on it. That's probably a really good idea. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was a nice thought. I just looked at the schedule. They can't, they can't, they it, it can't do the Alabama so game. Every, if they do Alabama-LSU, they're not going to do Alabama-Auburn. If you, they always do Alabama-Auburn, don't they? Uh, if you have a chance to go Minnesota-Wisconsin, I'm just saying, game day is in play. Which is the in, feb- in February? Or when is this happening? February. In February. Is I'm sorry. <laughs> College football's done by December. Yeah, you're right. When is this happening? What is the Super Bowl? <laughs> I think my point was the weather. They'd probably, ra- they'd probably rather be at Auburn-Alabama. <laughs> I'd agree with that. If it's That's a solid point, yeah, but not in February. No one's going anywhere in February. Wait, Rami, do you think college football goes till February? Yes. <laughs> you really didn't know much about college football, No, I was, it was a slip of the tongue. I know college uh, football ends on January 1st. Well, now it's later. You know what's going to happen? The big bowls happen PJ on January Flux 1st. PJ going to win that big game on February 15th idiot. and leave us. February 16th, he's going to take the job. I don't appreciate being laughed at, guys. Poll question. Did Rami really think college football goes until February? I'm sure this. I'm sure this will be a totally objective poll. Oh my god! It's been a tough, tough day so far. You you thought yeah. the the college football year went to February? TC the bear, yeah, gone. Well, I mean, actually, we should pour one out when we come back for our guy TC. We got to find out what happened. That there, didn't bother we? me at all. I've got some DMs out. Doesn't bother you at all? I'm just kidding. Phil's got connections. On <laughs> I don't TC know the, the guy. I just know he beat me in a home run derby. Phil saw him once. He did talk to me. Not close. I saw him half naked. Which was what? Yeah, he's told the story before. You've heard the story, right? You heard the story a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Phil told the story. Yeah, I walked in on TC Bear. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 in a compromised position. <laughs> Wearing it turns only out he part wasn't a bear. the bear costume. It turns out he wasn't really a full bear. <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> he was more of a full bear than other bears. <laughs> Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota six ninety four in Brooklyn. College football, <laughs> November ish. <laughs> So I can't get enough of the 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving around since the late part of spring, early part of summer. Took a road trip up to Door County last weekend and had to brave a bunch of bad elements. I know there was snow in the Twin Cities. There was sleet and hail and snow on the way back from Wisconsin as well. And I just, I marvel at 
the safety features and the lane sensory uh, devices, I guess, if you want to call them that, on the on the dashboard that keep you safe and the features. People, I features? think they call them features. What did I say? Devices. Devices. Yeah. Features. Like I know as much about cars as Rami knows about college football. You know. That's why. That's not fair. That's, I know more about college football than you. Cars are sold year round, though. But if you're like me, you don't know a lot really about cars. Fair. You need to have someone like Luther Brookdale Toyota that gives you the peace of mind in that service department when you're buying something new. It's great. We'll come back. We'll talk more uh, about the TC Bear news that came out today. We'll uh, we'll pour one out. Mackie and Jeff with Rami. Jonathan here with the Score North download for this hour, brought to you by Tondrick Financial. Minnesota United, they open up MLS, MLS Cup playoff action this Sunday at Allianz Field against the LA Galaxy. And Score North, we're looking to send you to the game. Just have the Score North mobile app be registered, and you can enter for your chance to win a pair of tickets to this Sunday's game through the listener rewards. And don't forget, you can join Dan Terrar, Callum Williams, Kinder D. St. Aubin, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday for Minnesota United playoff action. As I said, they host LA Galaxy in the first round of the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs from Allianz Field, pregame at 7 p.m. with kickoff at 7.30 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Robbie. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Twitter follower tweets into the show, at Score North. Mike J reminds us that Glenn Mason was rumored to leave what seemed like every single year. Consistent eight-win teams. By PJ, and the rumors will start because that's a good run for a Power 5 team. You know, Glenn Mason had the one big pop-up year where they went 10-3. and That was the uh, Sun Bowl win season, which they lost a three-touchdown lead to Michigan. Not that I'm still bitter about that from 2003. How many... Barely remember it, huh, Phil? <laughs> Not uh, still thinking about that on a regular Fire basis. Fire Mason. Okay, Judd, uh, yeah. th- this is not a fair question for Rami. Who knows... <laughs> A lot about college football. But I think not... college football is played into February. <laughs> I don't even know what you part know what of my brain time that crawled out of, dude. March, March gets incredibly tough because then they just keep going. How many, besides that one yeah. 2003 season, how many eight-win seasons do you guess Glenn Mason had? Including the bowl games. Um, or or even counting it. Yeah, yeah, counting no, no. it. How about counting started it? Started in 97. Um... Eight win seasons, two mm-hmm. two others. Yes, that's a good guess. By the way, thank you. Yeah, oh, it's my rich, rich knowledge of go for football. But I almost feel like people would get like like the vast majority of people would guess. Hi, well, he was an eight win coach on a regular basis. Well, they went three and nine, five and six, eight and four, six and six, four and seven, eight and five, ten and three, seven and five, seven and five, and six and seven. Yeah. So that's sort of the bar in my life. That's the most successful a Gophers football coach has been in my but life. Keep in mind, before Glenn, it was. Awful. Wacker, awful. It, it went Holtz to Goody, and I think it was, if you look back, I think it was mildly okay for a little while, and then it started to go down really quickly, and then the Wacker teams were a train wreck. Yeah. And then Glenn came here and was, I'd call him for most of the years fairly just sort of solid, but they, you know, this team, this program, Phil, has never been... Um, good for a sustained period of time, basically in my in my lifetime. Forget me watching go for football in my lifetime. I was born in 1969. The last time that they tied for a Big Ten title was 1967. Yeah. So, so um, 
yeah, if you have if you have more gopher takes to to throw at Rami, that's just a, at Rami is tweeting. If you uh, you want to talk some college, somebody football uh, David tweets. Uh, I think Derek Wetmore knows more about movies than Rami is tweeting knows about college football. <laughs> that is an un, that is an unfair cheap shot. That was not that's not true. It's, it might be Derek knows nothing about movies. <laughs> He's watched Rocky now. You misspoke. Yeah, he reviewed. Did he watch Rocky? Yeah, today on. Uh, I saw him complaining about. Um, Something on Twitter yesterday. We have a new segment on Score North Live, which is weekdays, noon to two, here on Score North, 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. And uh, because Derek has never seen a movie of any kind anywhere, we have a segment. Derek goes to the movies. Today, he reviewed Rocky. Okay. The first one, Rocky 1. And? Um, he was unimpressed. He thought, and I totally agree with him. The more I think about it, because Jonathan reviewed the same movie it's old. a few it's months ago. Great movie. Well, he said it doesn't hold up in terms of the way that Rocky treated Adrian. Mm-hmm. It's apparently a little. Me too. It's a little forced. Very uncomfortable during one scene. Yeah, he like it was after. I mean, it's been what thirty years, nothing, forty years since that movie's come out. Yeah, he pretty much uh, like he, bar- he barred the door shut and trapped her in a corner and made yeah. out with her against her will. It's very uncomfortable. It's kind of messed up. It is. Yeah. It's, there's nothing. I, there's nothing I can say. That's <laughs> don't do that, guys. No, no. But hey, never do. That. You know. Eat your uh, eat your rye eggs for breakfast and the do, rest no, of it. Do your do cardio. Some good lessons in the rest. Have of them it. watch Slapshot next. No, next is Tommy Boy. Ooh, and then we're gonna pick a horror movie for him to watch the oh, following week. Why would you do for that our pre Halloween? A legit show. one or a fun one like Scream? No, 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 a legit one. I'm thinking. I one, love Scream. I'm thinking one of the big three. Yeah. The either original Scream. Hall- either either something from the Halloween franchise, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, or the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I feel like one of those Friday the Thirteenth has original, to be the one. I, well, it's I think, good, but I love Scream. I think Halloween, just because you're doing it around Halloween. Have him watch the first Michael Myers movie. And it's or not that skin. gory. He doesn't like gory and bloody. He didn't. He, he specifically mentioned that. So maybe we should find something gory and bloody. This but should not be his saw, choice. Saw. Yeah. Have him review the whole Saw series. I love how, like, Saw started off, the first couple Saw movies were very much plot centric and (laughs) and just a a mental thriller for two and a half hours. And by the time Saw 9 came around, it was like a porn movie where, all right, let's just. Let's just start cutting people's limbs off right away. Let's just get right to How it. How many shots right were It turned into a snuff film. <laughs> I think there's like nine Saw movies. Wow. Hold yeah. on. I'm going to find this. I'm well, now they've rebooted the franchise, haven't they? Of course they have. Did they ever? Did it ever go away? There's been eight. Eight Saw movies. Well, they restart. Well, they, they're putting a different spin on it. They're going back to the plot, I think. <laughs> well, that's going to save it. Right. Amazing. Uh, headline from StarTribune.com today. Twins part ways with human who's been TC Bear since 2000. <laughs> He's never That's missed a, a home headline. game. That is a really strong headline. I feel dude. like we need some, I gotta say. some a, a sad bed here to play below the story. Well, here's it's sort of sad. I, I mean, think as, there's, you, as you get through the story, too, it's even more sad because there's still going to be a TC, the bear, isn't there? Yes. This was a person, Rami. This was a human being with feelings. I met TC, the bear. Or the guy, the human. you. The human that was TC. Yeah, he took it to you in the softball. Greg Wilfart is no longer... There were shenanigans. He's no longer portraying the wide-eyed and permanently smiling mascot (laughs) that has embodied... (laughs) I need to see TC Bear against Tony Dungy in a staring contest. (laughs) Stat. I got my money on Dungy. <laughs> He's no longer playing the smiling mascot that he has embodied since the caricature's birth in 2000, a role he played without missing a regular season or playoff game 
for 20 seasons. Not that there were many playoffs. He games. was the dude in the in the suit for 20 seasons. 20 yeah, seasons. This is why it's sad. Here's what's cold about it. Okay. Dustin Morse, our friend yeah. and the director of public relations for the Twins, said, "Quote: The Twins have made a change." When asked for, you think this was analytics driven? Yes, I think this is foul. <laughs> no, it's Rocco. You know what happened? Rocco didn't like the bear. <laughs> when asked for a follow up, Dustin stuck to his original statement, which is the Twins have made a change. Uh, I'm paraphrasing this part. Oh no, here it is. Here's the direct quote. Greg departed the organization. We thank him for his many years of service. So, they, they fired the trainer? They fired the mascot, maybe? A lot of changes made. Do you think that, is that a full-time gig? Or do you think that was like his side, his side gig? It's a good question. It might have been full-time because community service events? No, we don't think he pulled the same stunt that Ragnar pulled. Which is didn't Ragnar want twenty grand yeah, no. a game? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yes, he did. And twenty grand. Yes, he did. And no, I've got to believe he didn't pull that stunt. Okay. Ragnar wanted twenty grand a game. That's Think hilarious. That, that is hilarious. Shoot your shot, right? Didn't the original crunch? Didn't the original crunch get in a bit of a <clears throat> sticky wicket that got him let go? I don't know. I thought he did. I, I don't want to talk too ago? much a long time ago, but I think the original crunch did something that was um, untoward. Now, they're holding tryouts for the new TC Bear. Oh. I'm thinking. Are they really? And this was a thought of mine because we're still looking for punishments for. I can't do it. QB cesspool challenge. We have gladly. to do this. I would gladly do it. What, do you know <laughs> when the tryouts are? So do you I know can. when the auditions are? I have no idea, but I, I saw that they're holding tryouts. The there was a story out there that they're holding tryouts. So I would love if to If you got the gig, you would have to quit this job. You realize that. You don't think we could work? Oh, you, my God. You guys can work with me on the schedule? Hold on. Uh, yeah. Yes, we can. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Boss says we can. So. Right. Here's, I, they just filled out the story. Here's more on the story. Okay? Oh my god. So, uh, Greg. Breaking news on TC the Bear. Greg was one of about a dozen people who auditioned for the original role. Said uh, Patrick Klinger, who used wait, to wait, work. wait, wait. So he was the oh, he's the first and only TC the Bear. Yeah. Yes. It's been the same guy in the costume for, for since, every home game. Yeah. Since TC was a for thing. Twenty years. Yeah. So there was no TC. No. Pre this guy. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Wow. There was no mascot. So there, wow. so there was about a dozen people who auditioned for the role. And uh, according to Patrick Klinger, who was the Twins VP of Marketing at the time of the creation of the mascot. We know Patrick. Yes. And he, and he's quoted as saying that uh, the original TC Bear, Greg Wilfart, struggled in the interview portion of the audition. But he was by far the best once he put the costume on. <laughs> It was just the way that he engaged with those who were judging the auditions, his demeanor and his enthusiasm. So he botched the interview, but when he put the costume on and just hit bombs, I guess, over the baggie? What if he just refused to talk (laughs) in the interview? Same way he did when he had the costume on. What if that was just a thing? So, uh, so Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, What would you say are your greatest strengths when it comes to potentially being a mascot? Uh, Greg? You're perfect for the job. You're hired. <laughs> Wait, I want to know more about his struggles. He's just sitting there waving. <laughs> just a goofy, permanent <laughs> smile. Yes. Everybody? Look how long I can go without blinking, everybody. <laughs> so many more questions I have now about how this all unfolded. Why? Yeah, then find out information about when the audition is happening. Okay, yeah. okay? we got to make this I happen. need to be there. 
I need to be there. I must be there. So it's not clear w- whether this was a um, d- a decision by Wilfart or the team itself. It, it is right not. Now. It is not clear. But I'm guessing just based on the way that the team put out the message and how quickly it happened after the season that it wasn't. Hey man, that's a good long run. decision. That's a good. What long if it run. is Rocco? Rocco really didn't like the mascot. <laughs> it's like, dude, you just don't fit in. I mean, my theory is. He's he's 20 years. I don't know how old he was. I think he's in his mid-40s. I saw in a story today. And there's been a lot of flirtations, if not just flat-out defeats in that softball home run hitting contest. This might play to the Judd Zolgad theory of retire before people really see you on the downside of your career. Does anyone need to see old, decrepit T.C. Bear hitting ground ball I mean, to second base in the softball home it's, run derby? It's rigged anyways. The whole thing is rigged. He you're could just keep, saying that because you lost. He could keep winning that thing forever yeah, because it's rigged. Jonathan's exactly right. And also, do you think he's using a bouncy ball? No. <laughs> I know exactly what they're doing. They give him better pitches than they give the rest this of is, us. It's absolutely true. Everybody that loses, I was there. I, I saw have video it. evidence. I saw it. it you were fine. sitting up in the press box. You couldn't fine. see anything. No, I'm telling no, you. Judd has field goggles. Field glasses, not goggles. Glasses. I have field glasses. I have visual evidence. He was getting better pitchers. Better pitches. I know what this is. This is a way to keep an extra pitcher up next year. <laughs> Instead of having to send a guy to Rochester, the formality, go back and forth. Every day, it's a different reliever in the TC the Bear costume. But if it was the softball home run hitting contest, like if he just couldn't, if he just couldn't hack it anymore, like couldn't you just run a different guy out there in the costume for no. the home run contest? And there's, then... there's been theories that it's been Justin Morneau for a while. <laughs> yeah, I've heard those theories. I wouldn't put it past him. Where's Dominic? In the costume today. <laughs> just takes just off the head. Different twin just every takes day. off the head. He's on the TC goggles duty. on. Yep. He's got the TC game today. What, why is Estadio not doing batting practice? Oh, he is. What if they put... Oh, you might be onto something. Estadio would be... Would he not be the perfect TC okay. the Bear? Because this is the best of both worlds. Estadio, kind of a fringe roster guy yeah. we found out this year, Fun right? guy. But you want him around. Yes. You definitely want him around. He's great with the kids. What if they put... And a, he goes where the team goes already. Just so. comes in the clubhouse. Hey, guys! What if they put a cartoonishly large locker in the, in the Twins clubhouse <laughs> that fit the TC head? Give it a corner locker. A giant jersey and pants. <laughs> corner locker. This guy's a leader. You see TC come out in a towel to answer post-game questions? <laughs> oh, boy. Maggie and Jumbo TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Maggie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Alright, welcome in. Maggie and Judd with Rami. Score North. On 1500, the Score North app and live.scorenorth.com, where uh, you can find all on that app and on that website, you can find all of our podcasts, including our daily shows like Score North Live, Purple Daily, Vikings Ventline, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We also, I don't know if it's posted yet, but it'll be at some point today. Wetmore and I did 30 minutes on Chris Archer and Madison Bumgarner today. I threw that theory by him. Nice. And he threw some names back at me. And so we're not waiting for baseball season to be over. Very we are nice. just jumping right into hot stove and off-season stuff. Give me a little more so, tease. I don't know. What else we talked about? Well, no, no. Did Derek like the idea? Did he? He had a couple other names that he, he appreciated the concept of trying to take guys that probably, like Madison Bumgarner, probably not optimizing his performance with the Giants, the way that their franchise has gone downhill the last couple of years. Sure. Same thing for Chris Archer in Pittsburgh. 
Well, I'm hell. Garrett Cole left Pittsburgh and became the best pitcher in baseball. So if Chris Archer could leave the same environment, I don't think he's going to be Garrett Cole. And uh, and Derek brought up Matthew Boyd with Detroit and a couple other pitches that he thought fit the description better and maybe wouldn't cost as much. So okay, but but what he I'll throw this at you guys real quick here. He, he I I threw this out for Madison Bumgarner five years. He's thirty years old, so age thirty, thirty one, thirty two, thirty three, thirty four. Five year contract, twenty five million dollars a year in or out. One twenty five over five years for Madison Bumgarner, age thirty through thirty four. Five years. I'm in, by the way. Five, uh, five years. Can can I go? Can I go four years ironclad, fifth year team option? He did this too. He's like, I mean, if I can get, a I'd couple like team to. Options, I'd like to have a team option. I don't know. I okay. just want one team option. Uh, t- mutual option, fifth year. Yes, I'm in. Rami, are you in on? I'm definitely five one twenty five. Five one twenty five. That fifth year is a mutual option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because the fifth year is a mutual option. I don't want to go more than three years. I'll go four if that's what puts it over the top. And if it's not going well and you have the option of getting out of it after four, I'm okay with that. Okay. I can live with that. Yeah, I mean, Madison Bumgarner, people made such a big deal out of, boy, he's just not the same guy. He's not that old, though. He's he's 30. No, I know. It feels like he's he's 35. Because he's been around forever. Right. Yeah, he's still thirty. Yep. He would love it here, right? You go go get a house oh. like two hours from the Twin Cities. He'd be hunting constantly. Yeah. Go shooting hunt things. Helpless deer. Bang. <laughs> yeah. He'd be very happy. I, I, I even said if he wants the Roger Clemens plan, where he just sort of stays up, where like <laughs> go live on your sale. farm and you can fly fly private or have a driver drive you in. No, I mean. He can go 30 minutes from Target Field and be in the middle of the woods. Like that's <laughs> it's true. That's one of the coolest things I've noticed about Minnesota. Are you like, saying like don't don't show up if you're not starting that day type of deal? Where yeah, no, Rocco's be, just I'd like totally, whatever. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, give him a program. Tell him show up when it's your day to pitch. Stick to the program on your other days. You might have to come in for treatment. You or know whatever. that sounds crazy, but but with the way the Twins are currently run, it's not crazy. I could see Rocco being like, I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. 100%. The other scenario I threw at him. So, Chris Archer, I know people are like, Chris Archer, you give it up for God's sakes. The guy had a five ERA last year. He walked everybody. But as recently as just three years ago, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. He had a three year stretch where he had ERAs around 320, big strikeout numbers. He still throws 95 miles an hour. And again, Garrett Cole left Pittsburgh, was a good starter and became the best starter in baseball. He became a Hall of Famer, basically, by just leaving Pittsburgh and getting into an organization like Houston. And I think the Twins are much more like Houston in this regard than Pittsburgh when it comes to really tapping into your talent. I mean, Mitch Garver, look at what happened with him this year. Tyler Duffy, et cetera, right? So for Chris Archer, two years left, $9 million, $11 million. If you can, If you can get him back to where he used to be, because you're just smarter and better than the Pirates, would you give up Nick Gordon? Or Brent Rooker. So not a top five organizational prospect, but let's say... I'd give up Nick, like, like Nick Gordon absolutely in a second. What about Brent Rooker? Your eighth best prospect right now. And Gordon as well or not? Or just one of them? Maybe both. Uh, I would consider it long and hard, but if it could be Gordon and another prospect, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, do no question. If you're in a win-now window, that means trading some guys who... Maybe we're going to help you win three, four years from now. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. And they can they can fix they can fix pitchers. We've seen them fix Tyler Duffy. We've seen them fix Taylor Rogers. I don't think Archer's completely broken. Do you guys? He was pretty broken last year. Yeah, but I don't he think it's like unrepairable. Like Felix Hernandez is 
Well, unrepairable. The, yeah, he's, he throws like eighty miles. An he's hour done now. playing baseball, basically. Yeah, Archer though um, had a tough year. His stuff was not great, but I don't think that you look at Chris Archer right now and say, "Oh, he's done." And yeah, so if, if I could go Gordon, if I could go Gordon or Rooker and a prospect that's not the other one, I'd probably do it. Yeah. yeah. So just uh, you know, I know the World Series hasn't even started yet, and the Twin season just ended a little while ago. But we figure, you know. Reckless speculation. The, the one thing quickly that Patrick is right on is I do not think that Rosario is going to get the return that we in this town assume. I think there's this assumption, well, they're going to shop him and get something great for him. I think that's faulty. They're going to shop him. Sure. I don't know what they would be angling for. But don't but. don't you think that that this thing of, yeah, yeah, go go get go trade him and get your pitcher is too simple? I almost feel like... like our, if you're going to trade Rosario, you're probably trading him for a prospect or two. I don't know. I don't know what. what if you're going to trade him for a current established major leaguer, it's not going to be. You might get a bullpen arm. You might get a decent bullpen arm for Eddie Rosario. Yeah, I mean, if you can show me, you know, like a seventh, eighth inning bridge guy who's lights out for Eddie Rosario, I'm just trying to think of which team makes that trade. Because because a, a team would only be acquiring Eddie Rosario if they're looking to win right now. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to win right now, why would you trade a really good starting pitcher or a really good reliever? reliever? It's just kind of a weird conundrum. Yep. Um, I know that Rami has been looking for this opportunity pretty much all week. So nobody on two out, oh. one one pitch. Here it is. Oh. Swinging a high fly ball in the center field. That's going to do it. Robles <laughs> is there. He has it in the. Uh, Nationals win this one, and they are going to the World Series. We'll come back and have some more right after this. <laughs> That's anybody, Mike Shannon. Anybody have a cigarette? Oh, is he depressed? Oh, that was so Casey satisfying. Wendy, that would have been the St. Louis Cardinals radio broadcast. Oh, man. Goes to break immediately. That's it's so amazing. good. That's hawk-like. That is tasty. And we'll be right back. <laughs> oh, man. We'll be right back. I don't remember the last time I was this satisfied and relaxed, guys. So do you get a lot of joy out of watching teams that you hate so suffer? Much. Yes, especially the Cardinals. More than any other team well, in the world of sports, the Cardinals and their fans. I like to see them suffer. They're the worst. They're the absolute worst. There's nobody, and this doesn't just go for fan bases. This goes for people across the board. Nobody worse than the guy who thinks he's the best. There's nobody what worse. Do, what do they do exactly? <laughs> they Have you been on Twitter? Have you seen Cardinals fans on Twitter? Do you but Twitter's a cesspool. Uh, like, it, it's... Uh, Cardinals fans are especially bad. They just generally feel like they are entitled. But like Patriots? Like 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 we're talking Patriots fans? No, no, it's more than that. Because Cardinals fans and the Cardinals organization, they feel like they are the keepers of the unwritten rule book. And what is okay and what is not in the world of baseball. And they will enforce it as they see fit. Yadier Molina will get mad at you for bat tossing and then literally hurl a bat 30 yards into the outfield after he getting a game-winning this. hit and give the throat-slashing gesture. Like, yeah. they're the biggest hypocrites in the world, and it trickles down from their from their fan, from their, from their their organization into their fan base. They're the absolute worst. They're the worst. And I cannot take enough joy in them losing. <laughs> and until yesterday, I thought, man, are you bitter. Man, that's a lot of hate. And then I jokingly tweeted out last night with the Cardinals down seven rip. <laughs> you hate to see this happen to a team and its fans. I like the and, people who don't get your joke. And, and, I, at, and I at Phil Mackey and Rami Maklov, and it was a complete joke. It was just like, a boy, you hate to see this happen. This is just terrible as a sports fan. I am not kidding you. I have not seen my timeline. And somebody from the a Braves fan 
must have retweeted it. And the next thing I know is I have man, woman, and child in my timeline. <laughs> like, 19-year-old, 19-year-old girls like, yeah, I love this stuff. What are you talking about? It's like, no, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> so until last night, I thought that your cardinal... Hatred was bordering on oh. a weird obsessive. No, man, there are a lot of me. No, there are a lot you're of me all out over there. the place. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Man, are you filled with hate and rage. I'm in the norm on this. Cardinals are the most hated baseball organization nope. in baseball, and it's not even close. It's I hands up. down. Because people right. see what I see. Yes. People see the pretentiousness. People see the entitlement. People 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 can see what I see in the in the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, it's Cubs, also- Cubs fans have a reputation, but we're like drunk and obnoxious and annoying and we don't know what what's going on in the game. We're you just don't there keep to drink and party. Right. The Cardinals yeah. are pretentious. It goes far beyond annoying. And I have no real I have no hatred for the Cardinals. I I do see some of the same things that you see, so I it's 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 mildly annoying to me. I just think it's so much more fun that the Nationals are going to be in the World Series now. Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, shirtless Brian Dozier celebrating How about Dozier in the back, back to back. Dozier back to back World Series in which you know a, a a team thought they were getting a starting second baseman at the beginning of the year or the trade deadline and he winds up being on the bench by the time the celebrations take place. But other than that, but Brian he's Dozier, dancing with a beer and no shirt on <laughs> after every time they win a series. He's the rock star of every single champagne celebration. Yes. Uh, shirtless and sliding shorts, but <laughs> they lose Bryce Harper in free agency and get better, mm-hmm. which speaks to, you know, that that's why you don't go all, all in at ridiculous prices for 13 years on free agents in baseball, because individual players aren't impactful enough to warrant locking them up for that long of a time period. And, uh, the Nationals wind up getting better without him, and they go to the World Series for the first time. But, I mean, nobody... I see, like, Nationals fans... I saw one Nationals fan who... Uh, she had, like, a Harper jersey, and instead of his number, it had, like, the number of however much money he got paid on the back of the jersey or whatever. And a lot of Nationals fans have been sort of taking joy in Bryce Harper not being there for this. Like, not one of you idiots would have turned down the deal that Bryce Harper took. Bryce Harper did... What we all do in our line of work. We take the best deal we can get because we work for money. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, we work for money. And if somebody comes to call in with a whole hell of a lot more money, you're going to take it. There's no reason you should begrudge Bryce Harper for taking the deal that he took. The Nationals didn't even come close to it. I don't, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Max Scherzer was all over last night. I, I, it reminds me of the one time I met Max Scherzer face to face was at Target Field. It was after a Twins-Tigers game because he was a Tigers pitcher at the time. And we were in the elevator that takes you from upstairs in the press box to down to the main level and then down to the clubhouse and just up and down. And so he had finished his start. He had showered up. And I had gone to the Twins clubhouse and done my work as the Twins beat writer at the time for uh, for the station. And we're in the elevator. It's just him and I going up to, I was going all the way up to the press box, and he wanted to get off on the main level. Mm-hmm. And the elevator's kind of slow. So, like, it's it's kind of weird if you don't acknowledge someone in that elevator. Like, you almost have to say hi because it's like you're in there so long, and yeah. it's just such a... And he uh, looks up from his phone, and he goes, Hey, man, where uh, where's Glicks at? How can I get to Glicks? What? And Glicks is a just... It's a bar downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, just go straight out the stadium. The, you know, no offense to Glicks, but of all the places, if you're in town for one night, of all the places you might hop Good around downtown, like he's picking Glicks. I like it. So I showed 
Max Scherzer, where, where Glick's was? bar was downtown You just point to it? You said it's right <laughs> over there, Max. I actually walked him out and like walked halfway down and told him what door to go out. I wanted to milk it. I'm walking I don't down. Blame I'm walking you. I don't blame you. Know I got no problem with that. I want to show him where, uh, where Glick's is. Now, but, if that's like Michael Pineda, I'm like, it's over there. Oh, you're pointing in a different direction? I'm point- no, no, no. I'm just oh. pointing. But Scherzer, I walk him. <laughs> Verlander, I walk with him. Yeah, you don't want to get pine tar on your shirt. That's why you're. But if you're like uh, with Pineda. Detroit four starter, I'm like eh, it's right around the corner. Just my, my first ever reporter assignment. I went to cover Bucks practice. They were playing the Cavs, and I'm walking into the building as the Cavs bus pulls up, and so LeBron leads the team off the bus and is walking in the building behind me. And like, if you were just if you're. Like, if you didn't know who LeBron James was, it looked like he was part of my entourage. Like, the way that the Cavs were walking behind me, and then LeBron tapped me on the shoulder and asked me and made sure that they were going to the right locker room. I was like, yeah, man, you're cool. It's right it's right down this way. But like, follow, follow me this way. Walked to his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Hey, you're really weird. Like the locker room. <laughs> Yeah, why is there just like cheese spread yeah. all over the yeah. Man, these omelets look good that you're cooking up. Why are these all these cool athletic looking guys following the fat short Arab dude? <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. Hey, before we get to in other news, uh this is Judd's question. I did see it. Uh, Seth posted this question on our social media yesterday on Score North. And I just want to point to the absurdity of this. And I love Judd and I love Seth. But the question that they're posing is Who's going to win more games this season? The Wild or the Timberwolves? Okay, do people, like, am I missing something here? The Timberwolves have one of the ten best players in the world, have a modern system, have some guys who can shoot some three-pointers now. I'm not saying that they're the... Not enough. I mean, they're not... I'm not saying that they're going to be the Golden State Warriors, but the Timberwolves are going to be a competitive team this year in a really tough Western Conference. They're going to miss the playoffs in all likelihood. The Wild are like three years past the peak of their core players and don't have any young stars and are off to a terrible start. Yeah, they're going to be awful. Wild are like, because the, are like lottery because winning bad. The, wol- the Wolves are going to be bad, and they're probably not going to luck into wins. The Wild, as you and Royce like to say, are going to have the random luck of pucks going off butts into goals at times, and so they're going to get some weird wins. This okay, is going to be neck and neck, though. This is going to... This, I hope... I don't think so. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed the Twins, and, and I hope for our sake the Vikings and Golfers are good or continue to be good because these winter teams are going to be bad. No, the, the, here's well, let's. There's, I think there's two different paths here. There's how good will the teams be, but then the next path is how interesting will they be to watch? Oh, I didn't the say that. Wolves are going to be the Wolves are going to be much more interesting oh, yeah, to watch because they're ascending. I agree in that. Theory. Yeah. No, I'm talking wins. But in terms of wins, I'm, you know, again, I'm not saying the Wolves are going to win 50 games or anything, but I legitimately think the Wild are a bottom three, bottom five team potentially in the I, NHL. I sure hope you're right. And I don't think the Wolves are a bottom three team in the NBA. I think the Wolves are much closer to knocking on the door of 500 than they are knocking on the door of the number one overall pick, which yeah. I would... Wolves, are, Wolves potentially win how many games, do you think? I think Cunningham. I think around, around five hundred. I, I agree. I think they could finish around five hundred. Oh. It's between thirty-five and forty-one wins for the Wolves. Yeah, I will bet with Carl Anthony Towns, and that's not good. They should tank. They're going to mess us up. I will bet both you guys that they are not. By the time this year is done, they are not a five hundred team. And this is where we almost need a stipulation. Can I take a window? If, not just strictly five hundred, but take okay. a window like thirty-eight to forty-two wins. Yeah. Well, thirty. You're saying thirty-eight wins or more. Yeah. 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 I, guess. I would take that bet. 
That, they will that, not. They, that would be the way. I mean, if, it's more than, not, if it's more than forty-two, will, then, you lose the bet. Don't, yeah, don't, no, I know. Ju- don't judge yourself into. Uh, I will. They've legitimately shocked the world if they win more than forty-two games. Yeah, thirty-eight or more. Thirty-eight or more. I'll take that bet. And I'm just I'm signing up for like thirty-five or thirty-six or more. So I'd like to. We have to figure out what. Well, first yeah. of all, we have to pay off some cesspool say challenge bets or too. more. Yeah, what oh, are we what? doing? No, that? I'm talking straight cash here. What are we? Oh, okay. I'm not talking. Oh, I'm, I'm not talking like cute costume stuff here. I'm talking straight cash. Okay, Randy. Mark. But here's the problem with this bet because Rami already alluded to it. If the Timberwolves are wise, let's say they they well, look competitive. Not my problem if they're smart about it. Well, if they look competitive in the first half of the season, but they're clearly not going to make the playoffs. Yes. They should fake an injury for Carl Anthony Towns, and they should they should try and lose as many games as possible to get a better draft pick to improve next year's team. I could see them losing a bunch of games in like March and early April mm-hmm. and not doing what they... So I guess what I'm saying is by the All-Star break, they're going to be flirting with 500. And by flirting, I mean within five games of 500 at the All-Star break. I think this team wins for the entire season right around 32 games, probably. Okay. That's but, not a train wreck. But win, wins-wise, both these teams are going to be bad. But the Wolves are... At least intriguing. The Wild is going to be gloriously bad, and this has been the Zolgad plan for how long now? How long have I been begging for this? Uh, but they're not going to do it. I mean, they're you're talking, about, you're talking about the Wild purposely tanking, right? The they're Wild's not, going, they're, but they're not purposely tanking, right? 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 But they had, but this had to happen. Like this is the plan. The Zolgad plan was always to be here. I was watching that that game last night, and I was like, "This is the glorious result that I've been waiting for for how long?" Which is, you're just awful. You're slow. You're unskilled. You're not good at hockey. All these things are fantastic. <laughs> That's a problem in hockey. But you're going to get um, Kaprasov next you're year. Not good at you're not good at, you're not hockey, good at yeah. it. But it's your job. No, it's fantastic. The draft pick, <laughs> Rami. Phil will tell you. I have been begging for this type of downfall for. Oh, I know you were begging for it now. when I got here. Because there was a time where this was a good team, and I was very high on the entire team, and they did the right things. But now it's time to embrace the bad. I'm aware. I'm with you, man. And you, and you know what? Just embrace it. I have never been so at peace with this franchise in years. I'm um, happy. I'm with Judd. I think I'm satisfied. I think the best thing that can happen is listen. It was a fun little run there. Yeah. you did a nice job. You had some splashy little regular seasons. Provided some good just, shows for us. Good yeah. content at one time. No, I need to get to, to some wild games with with Judd here. I said I was going to try. I was going to. I was going to attempt to learn the sport of hockey this season. This for, might not be the season to do it. You guys should definitely go to a game together. Pick a game. They've got Tallboy Claws at the Excellent Energy oh, Center. Oh, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. How much? Um, that's, uh, there's really no wrong price for a claw. <laughs> you can drive since there's no laws <laughs> when you're drinking the claws. Maggie and Jello Rami, Score North and the Score North app. In other news, when we come back here. Visit scorenorth.com and use the keyword deals for spooky savings to the Trail of Terror located just seven miles south of Shockby. You'll receive one voucher valid for two admissions to the largest Halloween event in the Midwest valid this weekend. Through next weekend, visit scorenorth.com keyword deals. In other news. It is time for In Other News. Midweek, mid-show, it's time to take a break from all that hard-hitting sports talk we bring you here on Score North and look at some of the more weird and wacky news from around the world, including from Pakistan. And uh, assist from Jonathan on this one, who sent me this story a couple days ago. A caretaker of a religious place 
unleashed his pet lion on electrician what? for demanding wages recently. What? According to the pack, hold on, it gets weirder. According, <laughs> according to the Pakistani media report, a case of attempted murder has been registered against a caretaker. Though the incident took place on September 9th in the capital of Punjab province, the complaint was lodged just two days ago. Why would somebody wait to lodge a complaint about a lion attack? Stay tuned. According to the police, <laughs> electrician Mohammed Rafiq didn't file any complaint against Ali Raza, caretaker of congregation Pakistani word. I'm not going to try to pronounce as he had been promised proper treatment of injuries <laughs> received in the lion attack. So the dude. <laughs> so the, I'll keep reading. But when Raza refused to get his wounds treated and pay the compensation he had promised, Rafiq lodged the complaint, the police said. So this guy did electrical work for this other guy, and he wasn't paying, went to get his money, and the guy was like, man, get out of here, and unleashed his lion on him, unleashed his pet lion on him, and then said, man, my bad. I'm going to pay for those medical bills. And the dude who was attacked, the dude who went to ask for his money and instead got attacked by a lion, trusted the guy who unleashed his pet lion on him the first time he owed him money. <laughs> that is the most trusting person in the history of trusting people. Pretty amazing. I feel like... Uh, that's amazing. That's a that's an amazing uh, piece of leverage to have in your home, right? <laughs> the pet a lion. lion. Yeah. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Like, who's like, you know, I love animals. I got to get a pet. Dog? No. Cat? No. How about a lion? I mean, think about it. You have neighbors, right? You live in a, in a yeah, house, house with neighbors. Yeah, I got neighbors. You know, sometimes when you're living in a house, there's disputes over where the property line is and where people are mowing their lawns. I mean, if, uh, you know, if you had to look over the fence and say, hey, listen, Jerry, listen, Jer, okay, need you to keep your... Uh, Keep your kids' toys on uh, your side of the fence. And Jerry goes, huh, I'll do whatever I want. And you say, are you sure? Just hold on a and second. You unleash your pet lion. <laughs> Just hold on a second, Jerry. Are you sure, Jerry? I got to go inside and get my pet lion. Here, uh, I got to get Mufasa. You know to... where my property line starts? Wherever the hell Simba says it starts. Yeah. <laughs> That's where my property line starts. Amazing. In other news. All right. How do you, uh, you guys like hotels and travel? I love hotels. Like, uh, I don't, I don't like flying, but I do like staying in hotels. Yeah, I'm a big traveler. All right. Well, this is from the Washington Post. When it comes to your hotel room, less space might just be more trendy now. Major hotel chains <laughs> such as Marriott and Hilton are expanding the footprint of the micro hotel segment in big cities around the world with new brands. They're following smaller operators such as Citizen M, Yotel, Mama Shelter, and Pod Hotels that have played in the tiny room sandbox for more than a decade and continue to grow. With rooms generally smaller, sometimes much smaller than 200 square feet, yep. Today's micro-hotels are emphasizing in-demand locations and buzzy common areas while offering rooms that are described as, quote, cozy, highly efficient, functional, and the most fun you'll ever have in a 14-square-foot area or about 150 square feet. Quote, the whole concept of the micro-hotel is trying to get the guest out of the room and into the public space, end quote. How would you, how do you guys feel about two things? This micro hotel concept and the tiny house revolution that we've seen thanks to those TV shows on like. I'm uh, intrigued HGTV. by tiny house. Wait, I, how, I, really, I really am intrigued by tiny house. I might give it a try. Explain the house to me. 
What, Tiny House? Yeah. Have you ever seen Tiny House uh, no, shows? The TV no. show? Just Google it. I okay. bet you if you Google it, you'll, okay. see, you'll see exactly what we're talking about here. It's we're, basically we're like, like 200, 200, 300 square foot, almost campers, but they're houses that people live in. Yeah, they're pimped out. Like They have everything that a home would have in it, a but kitchen. they cram it into 200 square feet. I might try that, because like, all I do is sit on my couch when I'm home. I sit on my couch and watch TV. I don't know what I need all this room for, but there is one of these hotels Literally across the street from my apartment building. Really? My brother and his family stayed there when, when they came to town. And it's literally four walls, a bunk bed, um, a TV hanging on the wall. And then, like, instead of dressers or, like, a closet, the wall is just covered in hooks. So you just hang your clothes or your bags or whatever on the hooks that are on the wall. And that's it. That's See, the whole room. I can't do the community bathroom thing. In no, that there is a bathroom. There is a bathroom. But instead of a door that swings open, it slides because that's more space efficient. So you're not opening a door into somebody's face. The, the, the bathroom door slides open and closed. I thought, I mean, I could, I could, I could do it. If it's just a short stay, I don't know if I could live in a tiny house. I would attempt it. But I could if I could I could live a short stay. In I'm one looking of these at this house, these these tiny houses right now. This is ridiculous. Dude, the show is amazing. It's people like the, the, the there's two this different shows. This house on wheels. They're just camper. They're basically campers. Like, You're right. Like basically people. Nah, people go onto these shows and they've got these two thousand square foot houses. Sometimes even bigger than that, and maybe even like a couple of kids. And the whole point of the show is, hey, we need to live more of a minimalistic lifestyle. Can we take all of our stuff no, if I and dwindle kids, it down no to way. like 300 square feet and get rid of the rest? Why would you want to do this? To save? Well, it's, it's cheaper and you just it's just less clutter. You guys ever read the uh, the Art of Decluttering, that book that people have been raving about for a couple of years? I didn't read the book, but I hate clutter. I cannot stand yeah. clutter. Don't come to my house. The whole that point, is a constant point between me and my girlfriend. I cannot stand clutter. And the whole point of the minimalistic lifestyle and decluttering declutter nation is to just sort of cut ties with the things that bog you down in life. Like the hundred shirts that you never wear or uh, those old magazines that are sitting under your bed collecting dust, right? Yeah, Not those magazines, Jim, I didn't but the other book, magazines. I live, large. I live large and I'm going to keep it that way. Okay? I love throwing things away. I love throwing things away. Like I said, stay away from my house. Love it. I enjoy it. I get okay. so much satisfaction out of going through my closet, finding the hundred shirts I don't wear, putting them in a bag, and either just tossing them in a dumpster or taking them and donating them somewhere. I take. I get so much satisfaction out of that. Before you do that, do you go through? So the the process that's outlined in this book, uh, and I think it's called the art of decluttering or something like that. Um, they recommend that before you throw stuff away, that maybe maybe it's a shirt that you've had for fifteen years in your life and you just don't wear. It's one of those shirts like oh, I'll wear that again someday. You know. To lay the shirt out, spend some time with it. No, touch it. Mm-mm. Are you feel serious? It, no, smell it no, one that's last stupid. time. Are you? Are you and then ser- get rid of it. You're serious. Yeah, just have that one last moment with. This is why I don't waste my time shirt. with self help books. Like they, they might have some good advice, but they have pages to fill, and that's what they fill the pages with. Like instead of saying, <laughs> "Take that stupid shirt out of your closet, put it in a bag, you know, and throw it away with all the other stupid shirts you don't wear," they have to fill pages. So they, they, th- to do that, they will take it out of your closet, take a bath with it, that lay clo- it on the that, bed. That closet is there, though. Remind it that you love it for clutter, and that this isn't about the shirt; that's, it's about you. Embrace the clutter, Rami. <laughs> no, clutter is a word. Your closet's there for that, or go, no, go closet, to a small house and don't have the closet. My closet is for the clothes I wear. 
No, your closet's to stick as much in as possible and <laughs> oh stuff towards God. the back and just oh throw it in there. You're making and you me jam and right you jam now, stuff dude. in there. You jam it all in and then you close the door and like that's and then it closes. Dude, I'm on team Robbie. I'm in team. other news. <laughs> and small hotels also suck. I stayed in one one time. We we went to Manhattan a few years back and stayed in one. And when you're when you basically get out of the bed and the bathroom sliding door is right there, I, nah, it's too small. And by the way, me. they're still charging like okay, a, that, a lot of I'm money. Out. They're they're charging money based on the location that you're. Give me a big room. Dayline Dade City, Florida. Yes, Florida. I know you guys are shocked. Authorities say a Florida man repeatedly called nine one one to report that his roommate had stolen his marijuana. A deputy for the Pasco County Sheriff's Office posted a Twitter response to the man's calls on Saturday night that simply said, stop calling. The <laughs> deputy said in, in the Twitter video that he called the man back to tell him to quit contacting the sheriff's office about his stolen marijuana. Uh, the deputy recorded the recorded it as part of the agency's hashtag tweet along program, which allows viewers to get a behind the scenes look at the police work done by the deputies. Recreational marijuana use remains illegal in Florida. The sheriff's office office spokesman said no charges were filed against the caller. So uh, he's uh, so he got ripped off of his yeah. pot, although it's illegal to have the pot. <laughs> yeah, but he decided to report him to the cops, who of course were like, "Dude, we don't care about your pot." Oh no, man, just, in fact, you're an idiot for calling us. Just first stop calling us. Just uh, just don't. Pasco County, man, it's where it all happens. Live <laughs> PD. You got one more, Rami? I do. Actually, I had that queued up, and uh, Judd took it, so I scrambled like while he was telling that story to find clutter. another one, which I had, I had heard about. I think I heard this in the Sports Center update on Levitard this morning, and it's great. It's uh, from uh, my old stomping grounds, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Great butcher there. Robert's specialty meats. Uh, a security guard in Waukesha had to call police. After he handcuffed himself on purpose, it happened Friday morning inside a Bath and Body Works store. Police say the man told them he was bored, so he put the handcuffs on. He forgot the keys at home. After officers freed him, they said he hid the handcuffs from himself so he wouldn't put them on again. He also said this wasn't the first time he handcuffed himself and didn't have the key. I drew. I, by the way, I drove through Waukesha on Thursday last week. Did you? Yeah. Did you see this guy? Missed it, missed it by a day. It's lovely. Dang it. Waukesha is lovely. Um, but what, like, in the day and age of the cell phone, you're so bored you got to handcuff yourself, dude. And then what is the game? Like, are you trying? Is this like an escape thing? Are you? Are you training to become an escape artist who can get out of handcuffs? Like, what exactly is the point of handcuffing yourself because you're bored? The whole handcuffs thing to me is Dude, very odd. I mean, I was going to ask you this, but the answer is yes. Like, you ever spent more than a couple days in Wisconsin? Okay. Like, people... <laughs> you think that's it? You're just like, believe it. Where the handcuffs? <laughs> Wait, what handcuff <laughs> thing are you talking about, Judd? Talking about the whole handcuff thing. Like the, like, uh. The whole handcuff culture is odd. Like, uh, the, like the fetish of it? All of it, yes. It's very odd. Don't understand it. I don't get why you would want to be handcuffed. Well, it's it's a submissive thing. It's a, no, I know, but I don't understand that. that I don't get yeah, that. You're looking to be uh, yeah taking control like, of. I like my hands being free. I <laughs> like my hands. This path I like my Judd, hands being stop. free. Literally, just stop, Judd. Just stop. Five forty. It's an adult show now. <laughs> I don't think so. Mackie and Judd with Rami after hours. <laughs> well, I mean, could be a new podcast. Have you ever tried it? I just don't want to. I no. mean, you don't know. You don't like it until you try it, Judd. That's very weird. We're just going to sit here. You didn't help us. me at all. You didn't help. You know, I'm still doing this. Yeah. Well, he just brought it up. You I just, think you're just continuing this. You told me to try it. I'm uncomfortable right now. <laughs> you're uncomfortable. Imagine <laughs> listeners. 
We'll wrap with Royce. You're not my problem. It's time for another episode of What's on the TCL TV. And uh, right now, I think Judd is watching NHL Network, just hoping that the Wild trades are hijacked. It. Just hoping, <laughs> excuse me, hoping for trade rumors. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. And you can check out TCL TVs for yourself inside any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. TCL is a proud sponsor of our studios here. And uh, they've also made a lot of great partnerships around the country. I mean, like the top entertainment brands in the world, like Maggie and Joe with Rami and the Ellen DeGeneres Show are all partnered with TCL. So TCLUSA.com is the website. And then there you can also find uh, more information about the TCL Alto Soundbars, which uh, just coupled with the TV in your living room, you get that full entertainment system experience with the audio, the visual, everything. And if you're a cord cutter, you're not going to find more streaming options than the 5,000-plus streaming channels available through that built-in Roku device. TCL, again, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Jonathan here with this hour's Score North Download, brought to you by Chet Shoes. We'll use this to remind you of what we got on our podcast network. It consists of more than a dozen shows, from the Score North Twin Show and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop with Doogie, and then Roycey Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app, or you can just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to the final segment today of Mackie and Jonathan Rami. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison, TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, time to wrap with Royce. How about those Nationals, sir? Washington finally going back to World Series. Punch oh, did they? I'm very disappointed. Did anybody burn anything? Come on. I saw your tweet. You were... <laughs> yeah, you at least got to tip over a Prius or some damn thing, you know, flip it up on the sidewalk or do something. They didn't rage Uber hard enough then, for you? Call an Uber and then take the tires off it or do some damn thing, you know. I've been to the World Series when it met something. Detroit, 1984. That's my favorite World Series. We almost burned to death in the stadium, but damn it, they knew how to celebrate. That was the first one where they burned things down around the stadium, right? Yeah, I remember Randy Galloway going out. It was the, You could go out on the roof, you know, if you watched yourself and look down there. And, and they he says, you got to come out here and see this. So we go out there, and there's... They tipped over a cab, and it was burning, and then there was about 14 of them urinating on it. Oh. It was uh, right Trying outside to put it the stadium, too. And then the helicopters came in, right? And we th- this big helicopter comes in, and we thought, God, they're going to have to airlift us out of here. It was the guys from the, the guy from uh, Domino's owned the team then, Tom Monahan, and he was bringing pizzas in for all of us who were stranded inside the stadium. He brought in his <laughs> helicopter full of pizzas, so... Anyway, yeah, that was a great World Series. I, I, I'm just, uh, Rami, Rami's happy because he hates the Cardinals. I'm happy because the Nationals just make for a lot more fun World Series matchup. We get Strasburg, we get Max Scherzer, and we get uh, we get some fun offensive players. I'll tell you, that's Strasburg. I mean, we talk about Scherzer and, and the rest of that. Strasburg is a horse. Man, does his pitch, the pitch, the pit, the mix of pitches he has now with that changeup. Oof. And he's got, you know, he's got calves on him like a damn linebacker. You know, he's a he's a huge guy in the trunk, and he's a he's a horse too. He'll come, he'll pitch, he'll pitch game one and come back and get you a save in game three if you need it. He's, a, you know, he's 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 got his money and he wants the Nats to win. He's I'm very impressed with him. Pat, do you have the scoop on what happened with TC the Bear? Being let go by the Twins today. Harrigan in the home run contest about five years ago. He should have gotten fired then. Uh oh. 
Thank you. Here we go. Finally. Rami, Rami, I think you're on his side now. Somebody knows what's going on here. TC the Bear was cheating. He cheated when I went against him too, Pat. in the contest, right? Yeah. And they tell him, you get seven pitches, right? You only get seven pitches. You you don't, if you don't swing, tough bananas. Yeah, they said seven swings. Seven Seven, swings. Seven swings. I'm sorry, seven seven pitches. Yeah, you're right. But into seven pitches. No, you know, so they didn't. Say, they say you get seven pitches, and then the bear goes up there and waits for the pitches. Then he gets seven swings. Right, right. You get seven pitches. So the bear cheated, and uh, you know, and then Harrigan called him out on it. And uh, you know, I, in fact, I contacted him today. He's happy. He's happy the bear got fired. What Harrigan is? <laughs> sure. Do we know the bear was fired? By the way. Wow. The Star Tribune did not elaborate much on well, the story because like, they couldn't reach the bear. I, uh, that's because they won't talk. Neither party will. When neither, if a guy just yeah, quits. I'm with you on this. Yeah. If the guy just quits, they say he quit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Well, Mackey's seen him with his pants off, so I don't know. Maybe he knows more than I do. Right? Well, I know more about some things. Wouldn't you like to know? Who was with? Who, who were the witnesses? You and who? Pelissero. Pelissero were walking out, <laughs> walking out, opened up the door. Tell there me. was TC looking at his computer. So yeah, report re- reporting live yep. from a NFL place Network's that Tom Pelissero breaking news about TC the Bear. <laughs> Not having pants on. Hey, he'll do it. You do it. Or if Mackey has something out and, and reveals it, Pelissero will tweet back as expected. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as expected. <laughs> CC the bear was up. Yep. You're right. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the bear was fairly popular too, and he probably uh, he was on the payroll, and then you know the personal appearances he made in the off season, he probably probably made a few bucks, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they wanted a younger, more energetic bear. I don't. Ostadio, Pat. Ostadio. This is a way to keep Ostadio on the roster. Keep him around. He can double as TC the bear. Not a bad thought. That's not a bad thought. In, in fact, why don't we just make Ostadio the mascot? That's what we we've. I think that's the, well, that's my, the idea. Just make. I'd just have him out there with his curly hair, man. He'd be a, a wonderful mascot. Yeah, well, I think it's just another feather in the cap of the cheap poll ads slashing payroll, getting rid of their twenty-year mascot. Yeah. Hey, did uh, <laughs> has it rained in New York yet, or did they call it off? And, they they uh, called it. Not, they huh? call, they, I know they, they called it, but did they? Then they, but it hadn't been raining yet. It was all based on the forecast. No, I saw a few tweets that it that the rain had had started. It did in start the to rain. Yeah, this is the only time you you postpone a game and then you pray that you get a deluge so nobody can give you a, a big advantage for the Astros. All right, they uh, they don't have to. I mean, they could they got their three starters yeah. now, so they can they can uh, be in pretty good shape. So there's the all Yankees, right, for not putting a roof on it. Verlander and Cole. What's that, Pat? Is he going to pitch Granky in game four and then the other uh, two guys? I've not seen a plan yet. I don't know what the exact plan is, but it sounds like they're going to not have to use a number four starter. Yeah, okay. Of course, if they get to game seven, then then they, because with no day off, they'd have to, they they better not get to game seven. But I don't think they will. But boy, uh, how about the strikeout totals for the Cardinals? What would it end up being? Uh, Corbin had 12. And that uh, the kid that throws a hundred, he had two. They were they were. I think they were 
At one point, sixteen of the twenty-four outs were strikeouts. They had to have they had to set a world record for strikeouts, didn't they, in that series? Yeah, that was uh, that was an embarrassing way to lose a four-game set there, right? Yeah, seven yeah, runs game, given up in the I mean, first inning too. Gave that seven spot in the first the first inning and with some very shoddy play. Why are you? Why does Robbie hate the Cardinals? I heard that. I don't. I don't know. Because I grew up a Cubs fan, and I just they're oh. just they're just impossible to deal with. You're not the only Cardinals yeah, fans. Not. They're not nearly as precious as Cubs fans. Okay, that's good. They're yeah. different. Like Cubs fans, I get they can be annoying, they can be drunk, whatever. They might not care about the game very much. Cardinals fans are just pretentious and entitled and annoying, and think they're the they're the keepers of the unwritten rule book, and they play the game quote unquote the right way. That's what bothers well, me, Pat. I, I, okay, all right. There's well, no right way. The Nationals fan, that one kid's become the poster boy for the Nationals fans, right? The guy, the TV guy, asked, "When did you become a Nationals fan?" He said, "Today." Today. Hey, <laughs> most honest guy I've seen. On TV, <laughs> did they do anything last night? Though I didn't see any story about like the bars emptying in Georgetown or anything like that. I didn't see. You're really disappointed they didn't party more. Yeah, you I wanted mean, more destruction. The Capitals now they do at a party. Thirty-three for God's sake. The Capitals God. drank all the beer. That's the problem, Pat. What Ovechkin? They oh, when the Caps yeah, won the look cup. At the party Ovi had. Yeah, that's right. He was doing keg stands on the Stanley Cup. If they win it, who will who will uh, will Howie Kendrick turn into Ovi <laughs> and be drunk out there barbecuing with a bonfire and stuff afterwards? Having having his wife tweet out uh, pictures of him almost burning himself to death, drunk trying to cook something. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Poor Dozier, by the way. Dozier, I mean, Dozier's Dozier. loving life, but Dozier has been he's been sober in su- six weeks, supplanted and put into the uh, the bench role twice in a row. But at least he gets to go to the World Series two years. Well, ago. I bet he was out there and he kicked that one with one out. That would not have been nice kicking that little simple ground ball in the ninth inning to <laughs> give the Cardinals hope. That would not have been good. Yeah, so. So. they're good though. Damn. Now that they got their bullpen fixed, that's a good team. Rendon is fantastic. Soto didn't have a great series, but I love that guy. That's a, they could win it. They could beat uh, Houston or the Yankees with that pitching. Yeah. Okay, real quick, we can talk more about this throughout the next four months, but this came up on the Twin Show today. Uh, five years, $125 million for Madison Bumgarner. Are you in or out? Oh, hell no. No, God, no. Not even anywhere near that. Three for 60. <laughs> Yeah, Derek said three for fifty. I think he's going to get more than that. I think he's going to yeah, get twenty million dollars a year. Three for sixty. I just want to know why the cheap Wilfs didn't get Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. My trade, Mike Hughes, and a number one for Jalen Ramsey. But the Wilfs are too damn cheap, as always. <laughs> yep. Hashtag cheap Wilfs. <laughs> I, I saw you trying that on Twitter this morning or last night, whichever one it was. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Pat, we'd uh, we'd side with you, but we are Wilf pocket protectors here. So. That's what we do. That's right. Okay. I, hey, that's a good bit. I wonder if anybody's ever tried that one. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll give it a go and see. We're launching happens. it today. Okay. All right, Pat. We'll see you tomorrow. See you, Royce. Uh, that's uh, oh, you've been a national fan today. Did, you guys, today. did you guys realize that TC was a finalist for the 2020 mascot Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame. This is a well, shocking mascot, development. The mascot can still get in. A few days ago, he tweeted out a yeah. link to vote for him in the 2020 mascot Hall of Fame. He's up against Yuppie, the Canadians. Oh, I'm sorry, but Yuppie goes first. Uh, Blue, the Colts mascot. Uh, no. S.J. Sharkey. The San Jose oh, Sharks mascot, Sharky. Boomer of the Indiana Pacers, no. Sebastian the Ibis of the Miami How Hurricanes. 
How many mascots are on this list? Globy of the Harlem Globetrotters. The, you know, the best thing about the ahead. Mascot Hall of Fame award ceremony, it's it's very brief. There are no acceptance speeches. They just, <laughs> they just get up there. <laughs> the just Oreo- vigorously <laughs> nod their head and like thumbs up. The Oriole bird is on the ballot. Spin your head. Spin your head. I think these are your two favorites right here. One I didn't know about until Collar opened my eyes to Jackson DeVille. Of the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah, great mascot. Dude I've seen him. does some crazy. Right. Like he's ziplining from the top of the stadium, and then Bernie Brewer is a finalist. You got to think Bernie Brewer. Yuppie has to go in. Started Expos, now Canadians. I, he's great. Bernie Expos Brewer, are going to World Series. I would argue Bernie Brewer overrated. The slide is the better attraction, but he has name recognition. No, I'm with Phil here too. The slide is the yeah, attraction. Exactly right. Yeah, and that slide now is awful. The old slide was way better. Mackie and Jebel Rami podcast will Apple, Spotify, Let's score with that. See you guys tomorrow. Let's go to a game. Fire for booger. <laughs>